Thanks for joining us at White Oak for this week's podcast. As we look at how God's servants applied that confidence in their walk with him, our prayer is that this will encourage and strengthen your walk. So here we go. And truly all of God's people could truly say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I would really like to thank all of those for their support of this ministry here at White Oak. Uh, I, there's so many people you never, never see that's helped promoting this, bringing this forward so you'll be able to share with us through the Word of God. And I want to thank all of those for their support, most of all for those that have been faithfully supporting in their finances and most of all your prayers. God answers prayers and I thank God we cherish we covet your prayers there are so much needed as we continue to lift up the Lord in everything that we say and that we do for God uh, the message today I'd like to share with you this morning is uh, now or never uh, many times we look around us situations conditions that we're in I think that maybe we're at another crossroad in America, probably one of the largest crossroads we've ever been in America. America's been through a lot. It's got a, a great ordeal that it's already been carried through. But America's going through something else. Our nation is going through not just a virus or a pandemic. It's going through a change, a change that's affecting everyone, as my wife said earlier this morning. But I want you to know something is coming. And it's been prophesied, it's been written and shared through the Word of God. And yet many times our eyes have been blinded to it. We've gotten so caught up in our society, our way of living, our life, that we forget what the Word of God teaches us, that something is coming. And for those that does not recognize it, I want you to know for sure, Satan recognizes. Satan recognizes something is coming. What is coming? An end. An end is on its way in the midst of all of this. And Satan realizes it, and he's unleashing his weapons of deception. He is still deceiving. The first day of deception in the Garden of Eden, there with Eve, he's not let up from that moment. He has continued throughout history to deceive mankind and to bring mankind down in the presence of God. God is not fooled, though. See, he's always ahead of Satan's evil. Way before his deception in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, God had already planned. He already knew about this. He already had his plan in progress. I didn't say separate plan or another plan. God only has one plan. And God already had his plan set in motion, waiting for that day when it came. So he was ahead of Satan's evil. Today, he is still ahead of Satan's evil. And he will use the evilness of Satan uh, against him and use it for his own purpose. And you know what God's purpose is? God's purpose is that no one should perish, that everybody would be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm thinking about this technology we have today. Remember what Jesus said? His word would be preached in all the world, and then the end would come. And we all see, if you listen to the prophetic men and women of God, the prophecies of God, the prophets of God, 
they'll, they'll tell you about the revealing of the Word of God. And they will tell you that the end is very near. But at the same time, God is going to use this that's coming toward the end for his own purpose. He's going to use it, and that's why I'm saying it's now or never. It's now or never time to get right with God. It's now or never time to reach the world with the Word of God. And it is now time that we use this technology that God has blessed us with to go forth with the Word of God in the airways that has, that has been filled with, with the enemy. And now we're filling these airways with good so much that it's beginning to jam. And my prayer is that it's going to jam all the purposes of Satan and enforce the purposes of God. You know, as Satan moves, God is recruiting in America. Right now in America, I'm dealing with America this morning. Every nation is in this pandemic. Every nation is being affected by it. But we always look at ourselves as a type of leader. Church, may I look at us this morning and say, we need to look at ourselves as a type of leader, as a type of an example to be set in the world today. So as Satan moves, God is recruiting in America. He is looking for available servants. Uh, Jonathan was talking this morning about Paul calling himself a prisoner of God. He was a servant. And then therefore, as we become servants, we do become prisoners. You know, we become obedient to the Holy Spirit of God to follow out God's plan, his purpose in this world today for the next world to come. You know, Ezekiel was looking north, south, east, west, and everywhere he looked, all he could see was dry bones. The Bible records this in the book of Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, and it's noted as the valley of dry bones. Let's, now, the Bible is a story that's been introduced to you and I, a true story. It is a story of time. And in this story, it is filled with stories. Some of them Christ told, but the entirety God told in his word. And the story of the Valley of Dry Bones is a story of Israel who is dead without hope, coming back to life. But now the Bible is a foreshadow of all of those things to come also. And I would love to share this story with you and put America in that story also because America is a valley that is filled with dry bones. There's a lot of America that does not have life in it today. Oh, it may be moving and going about, and some areas may be restricted. But in the past, America's been wide open. But what America failed to see was she was a country of dry bones. She was a country that really didn't have the life in her that God wanted her to have. And then what did God say to Ezekiel? He was a prophet of God. And church, we are the word carriers of God. We are the servants of God. Every member of every church is a word carrier of God. We are testimonies of what God not can do, but has done in the past, and will do again if we get our life in alignment with him. So I, let's say America this morning, we are dry bones. We, we don't have the life in us that God wants us to have. In other words, you may be living, but you don't have abundant life. See, there's two kinds of life. 
You know, there's living, existing, doing what we want to do for time, for season. And then there's abundant life. There's life after death. There's life after this life that we can go and be with the Lord. So from above, God thunders out a question. I believe God today is thundering out a question in, in America. And he's speaking it to the church. And we need to open our eyes. We need to open our ears. And then we need to open our mouths and share with people what we have seen, what we have heard come to us through the Word of God. It's dilate of the Holy Spirit dissecting something for you and I that we can dissect to the world. So as that thunder came forth, chapter 37, verse 3, and he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Church, we've been asked a question. Can our country, America, can she live? I don't mean exist. I don't mean to have a plenty of this or not enough of this. I mean, can we really live? Can we come alive and stand up before Almighty God or can we come alive and stand up in our nation and before the entire world and say, our God is real. Our God is not dead. Our God is alive. And he's willing to work in your life today if you're willing to let him go. So can these bones live? And can I say to us again today, can America live? I mean really live today. Ezekiel gave an answer. Now, when he gave an answer, he gave the correct answer because he was asked a question by God. There's no, no flesh, no, no sinew. You know, there's no muscle. There, there, there's no life. There's no breath. We just have a valley that are filled with, with bones. I want to know, can these bones come back alive again? Well, Ezekiel gave God the right answer. He said, only you no, Lord. And I can say today that that's the right answer for America today is only God knows if America is going to change. Only God knows if you're going to change today, my, my friend. I don't know what your next move is. I don't know what your next thought is, but God does. I don't know what you're going to do with this word that you're hearing today, but God does. And with that thought, I want you to know God knows this morning if you're going to live or if you're not going to live. He knows this morning if America's going to come out of this and live righteously before him or not. He already knows that. But we as his church, as his people, who are supposedly already alive, should have enough faith in God, enough faith in ourselves, enough faith in our nation that our nation is going to repent. It is going to come back to God where it was at one time. And we're going to be the great nation that we were at one time. So then, in, in other words, what God asked Ezekiel was a question. And that question becomes something to him that it's, it's not imaginable. See, he, he couldn't imagine these bones coming back. God has asked the church a question. And the question that God has asked, it's, 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 it can't be imagined but it, it can be done. So with the faith we have in God, we can do something that can't even be imagined. You know, We can see sinners come to the knowledge of the truth and accept Christ. We can see a nation fall on their knees and repent before a loving God, a merciful God, a graceful God. You know, we can't imagine what 
can come out of all of this. All we can see is the negative. God holds the positive. And in order for all of this to happen, can uh, America survive? Can America live? God, you, you're the only one that knows that answer. You're the only one. So then, therefore, he was asked to prophesy something that he can't even imagine. Think about that. God is asking the church today to teach, to preach, to witness a message that we can't even imagine because we can't imagine what God can do. See, God can take nothing and make something out of it. God can take a sinner that is filled with sin and wash them and cleanse them and make them as white as wool. God can do that. You know, we can't imagine, we can't fathom that in our mind because you see, it's supernatural. It's not natural. It's not something that we recall every day. But it should be something that we recall every day. That at the at the preaching or the teaching or the witnessing of you and I in this world today, it's something that we imagine. You know, we imagine that when Billy Graham preached, you know, and he got before thousands and hundreds of thousands of people, and he preached the word of God, and he preached the truth, and he preached it with simplicity. And people by hundreds and thousands came to know Jesus Christ. But you know, one day, someone approached Billy Graham and asked him, and said, and he said, look, you're a great teacher. You're a great evangelist. God is in you. God is with you. We would love for you to start a, a Bible college that will turn into a great university, and we will fund all of that for you. We will give you all the money needed to build this college that will one day be a university. But you know what? Billy Graham turned them down. Because Billy Graham knew that that wasn't his calling. He knew that that's not what he was supposed to do. He knew that he was a man that had been called by God to evangelize this world. And he did it, not from just a college or university perspective, but he traveled all over the world in different countries proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we the church need to realize. We can never go beyond what we ought to do, and we for sure need to stay out of things we have no business in. And that's one of our problems in the church today, and, and the devil knows it, and he has lit us up with it, that he's got us doing things in areas that we have no business doing, that someone else should be doing, and is flubbing up things. It's making chaos today in our world. We need to stick to what God called us to do. In Matthew, Jesus directed his church, called us, set us forth into the world that we may be able to turn this world upside down and people would become to the knowledge of the truth. So he says to the church this morning, can these bones in America live? And we look back to God. Well, God, only you know that. You know. And then what God says unto Ezekiel is, but if you'll do your part, these bones will live. In other words, God is so gracious. He doesn't need us. And that's the whole deal with this, this story here in Ezekiel 37. Is God don't need us at all because when all of this is said and done, these bones will come back to life. I believe when all is said and done, America will come back to life, but it won't be done by anything that we can get credit for. It's going to be done by a miracle. It's going to be done by the power of God. That's the, always the ending of the story. No matter what we may do, we may do our very best. But when it's all said and done, all glory and honor and praise goes to Almighty God. When 
America comes out of this pandemic, when we come out of this stressful situation that we're in, and by the way, church, remember, we're supposed to be at peace in all of this, the peace of Jesus Christ, the peace of God that gives us that way of coping with what we have to deal with every day that other people's not coping with so well. We're to have peace in all this. So he was asked to prophesy something that he couldn't even imagine, you know. What happened? Look at verse 4. Again he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones, and, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. America needs to hear the word of the Lord. And church, God left us here to prophesy over America and say unto America, come alive. Say unto America, hear ye the word of the Lord. Verse 5, thus saith the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. So God said, I'm going to, but there's a lot of process before breath ever gets into those bones. You know, when God created man, breath was the very last thing that he gave to man. After he created man from the dust of the earth, then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So we can't breathe the breath of God into a country that desperately needs him until we go through the process. The process is you can't have life until you have death. We have to die to our old ways, to our old self, to our old ideas. We got to quit being the big eye, the great one, the mighty one. We got to die to all of that. So we can order be born. So we can have the breath of life into us. Look at verse 7. So I prophesied. Church, God is telling us, this is what I want you to do. I want you to prophesy. I want you to speak the word of God with truth. And I will command, and, and I prophesied, and there was a noise. There's always a noise at the appearance of God. Even when he speaks, in a still, small voice. Remember when... When Elijah was, was in, hid in a cave, remember what? There was lightning, there was thunder, but wait. Then came a still, small voice. God is going to always be acknowledged wherever he is. So verse 7 says, So I prophesied, and as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and these bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld it, the bones came. In other words, see, these bones weren't only dry, they weren't even together. Is America together? America is far from being together. She's dried in her own selfishness, her own self-desire, her own way. She has separated herself, brother from brother, sister from sister. She has separated herself. But he said, when I prophesied, when I told the truth, when I did what God told me to do, church, when we do what God tells us to do, these bones are going to begin, they're going to come together. And then it says, sinew, and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above. But listen, there was still no breath in them. You know, we may be a great country, but unless we are together, there's no breath in us. You know, it's like we today as we deliver the word of God. In everything that we do, we need the anointing of God because the anointing of God in our life, church, in you, my Christian friend, this morning that's watching this. The anointing of God is your breath of life. That is what puts the breath in individuals. It's not your words, it's not your voice, but it's the word of God coming through you 
and it's giving life. It's giving breath into vessels that are there. They are assembled. They have arms and legs and eyes and ears. They have a nose, a mouth. Some have hair, some don't. But whatever. You could be rich or poor, young or old. But that doesn't mean you have life in you. Verse 9 says, Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breathe the breath upon these slain, that they may live. The breath of the Holy Spirit. The breath of God. The breath of the Holy Spirit. In the upper room, remember the book of Acts, too? Remember what happened? They all what? In one accord. If America, we need to tell America, get in one accord. America needs to get in the upper room. What is the upper room? An upper room is a place where God has assembled us to come together that we may be able to witness, we may be able to not only see or hear, but we may be able to be a part of what God is sending us. America needs to get into the upper room. And when America gets in the upper room, and when America becomes in one accord, when America begins to listen to what God is saying, then there's going to come a rushing mighty wind. There's going to come something that's going to shake America. It'll be greater than the Azuzu movement. And there were great movements that came out of the Azuzu movement. But what this time now or never is a time of the movement of God that he's, he's going to reach young people like he's never reached before. He's going to deal with our country like he's never dealt with it before. But we got to make them aware. This is the coming of the Lord. Make them aware of this which is coming because, it, because when this shaking and this rattling is coming together, there's not only a hearing of the bones being brought together, but there's also a hearing of the Word of God, the great movement of the mighty Spirit of God that shall come and change our entire nation as it ought to be. Verse 10, he says, So I prophesied as he commanded. Church, we got to do as the Lord has commanded. It'll never happen if we don't move like God commands us to. And the breath came into them. They lived. Know what it said? They had never lived until the breath of God. I don't, you may have three homes. You may have three homes. You may have three vehicles. Or you may have more. You may have much in your life. You may have... Uh, CDs and IRAs and two savings accounts and money in the bank and everything else in this world, but that doesn't mean you're living. Life does not consist in the things or the substance that we have. Life is in the breath of God, the peace of God which surpasses the understanding of mankind. And they stood up to their feet, and what were they? They were an exceedingly great army. Now we hear about America's military power. But I believe America's great military power is the movement of God. The movement of God. Which would you rather do, my friend? Had you rather march around a great city and the walls fall down after seven days? Or had you rather send out and have hundreds and thousands of, of children and men and women die in, in battle? You know, the greatest battle that was ever fought was fought by God. Not by man. The greatest battle ever fought. And what he's telling us here in Ezekiel, God will come out now. God will come out now. When everything is at his perfection, and he will restore life. God will come out right now and restore life, but it has to be on God's conditions, on God's terms. Why? So all will know that he is God. And so all will know that he did this alone. So all will know that it wasn't done by man or woman. 
but it was done by an awesome God. And let me say it like this also, church. And it wasn't done by the church. It was done by the empowerment of God through the church. We're just an instrument of God in the hands of a mighty God that we move as Ezekiel is moving on the command of God to prophesy to these bones. God is telling the church today to move at the hand of God and prophesy unto this world, thus saith the Lord, that our world may live, that they will know. So his servants will be able to come to him and confide in him. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for the church to repent. He's looking for the church to get back in order with him. Have you, ever, have you watched the church over the last couple of decades? Not just watched the nation, but have you watched the church? Have you seen the bogan, all, all the bragging, the boasting, and everything? That's a new word, bogan. They'll probably write that down for me. But have you noticed all of this through the last couple of decades especially? How that, that we the church have said all these great things, lifted ourselves up in the midst of all of this great, that we had the biggest this and the best that, and we can do all of these things. Where's God in all of this? You know? Where is God in all of this? When they were 120 people in the upper room, 120 people, and God showed up. You know what the emphasis was on? It was on God. It was on God. Remember the Holy Ghost fell upon these people, cloven tongues of fire came upon their heads. There were people there that from every nationality that was looking at all of this. And what was the focus on? It was, a, hey, we're able to understand ourselves. We're able to comprehend what's going on. No, but we can understand ourselves. In other words, it's God being glorified, God doing what he wanted to do, and it only happened when his servants tarried. He said, tarry until you have been endued with power from on high. I think at this time the church is praying and tearing that it be undued with power from on high. So he said, church, wake up. We need another Pentecost. We need something greater than a Pentecost. We need another Isuzu movement or a, a, a Canadian movement in Toronto. No, we need something greater than that. We need God to be lifted up for the last time before the coming of the Lord before he comes. Amos puts it like this in the third chapter and seventh verse. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Excellent example, 37th chapter of Ezekiel. God does nothing till he reveals it, till he reveals it. Amos is saying, God, what God is fixing to do, church, we need to open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our spirits of understanding to the Lord because he's fixing to do something. He wants to tell us what he's fixing to do because he's not going to do it until first he warns us of it. If, he, if he's going to destroy America, if he's going to destroy other nations, he first warns those nations because he wouldn't be the God that he is if he did not. But notice how he warns them. Amos says he warns it through his prophets. He warns it through his church, through his people that, that are out there on the force every day. He warns them. That's why we go, we see people that are living in sin and we speak to them about their sinful condition. That's America's problem. We haven't been dealing with the sin in America. The church has backed off from the sin of America and sin has intensified and grown in America and brought America down. Now it needs to bring us a little bit further. It needs to bring us on our knees that we will pray before our Father in heaven. Because church, I, I know God's letting us know something. He's making us aware that this is why we're in this mess. This is why we're in this situation that we're in. 
We've lived at high for, for many years now, but God is bringing us down. The church is using us as his servants that we can go forth and tell them, this is why all of this is happening. It's because of sin. And sin is not of God. Sin is of Satan. And Satan is having a heyday of all of this because he's doing everything he can to enlarge hell. But I want you to know this too. God is doing everything he can to enlarge heaven. He's doing everything he can. When he sent forth his son, he did everything that he can. Now the rest has been left up to you and you and I. His secret to his servant, the prophet was told. I believe his secret to his servants, the church, has been told today, this is what we need to do. Ezekiel saw that he needed to see something through the Holy Spirit of God. He didn't need to see it through an author or through a gathering with a group of people. You know, he didn't need a growing program. He didn't need a new program. He needed to hear from the Lord. That's why he said, only you know God. And then God said, then I want you to prophesy. I want you to prophesy. So what he had to do in order for these bones to be restored back to life again, it had to be done through by the Spirit of God. Remember the four winds came and, and the breath of God were blew in, into their lives. Life, Ezekiel carried the unimaginable, yet it was undeniable, wasn't it? I mean, it's unimaginable seeing dry bones that's not even together yet come together now and then flesh and sinew come upon them, and then the breath of life come into them. You know what, church? That's what God's expecting of you and I today. We meet people every day that are panicking, they're, they're filled with fear and doubt, even people in churches, churches, church people. And God wants us to bring them to the reality of, hey, God's still in charge. No matter what's happening or going on around us, God is still in charge. What looks like the impossible can be possible in America with God. What it looks like is impossible for turnaround or, or, or recreation, all things are possible, Paul said, to those that believe. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens that. Did you see the emphasis in Paul's life on all of this? God, 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 church, we can do this. All things are possible with God. We just got to get right with God and then get America back right with God. God is sending us some strong medicine. I mean, if you've noticed these last month, these last five or six weeks, God has sent us some strong medicine across our airwaves today, you know. And I believe, America, this is our last chance. For people that are wondering and concerned about it, God is seeking for cure. Oh, America's looking everywhere for a cure. Every nation is looking for a cure, they call it. They want an antidote. You know, they want something. They want something that we've been infected by to be dealt with. You know. How about our sins? We've been infected, which in a in state affected us, sin. But yet we don't seem to care too much. We just say, Lord, just make it better. But before God can make it better, he's got to make us better. Because remember, Paul says in Romans, there's none of us good, no, not one of us. So God's got to make us better before he can come into our life with the cure that we mean. So that means that there is a sickness in our life. There is a sickness in... Well, preacher, you'd have to be blind not to know that. There's a far sickness than this, this virus, my friend. A greater sickness than this. 
listen, I know people are dying. You can die with this virus, and then you can still make heaven your home. You can still make heaven your home, but you can't die with this virus with God out of your life and make heaven your home. There's a greater sickness than what we're facing. And listen, God has a cure for this sickness. But that cure doesn't come from another nation or our nation finding the vaccine first. That cure comes by us falling on our knees first of all and asking forgiveness of our sins. I'm, I'm saying to all of us today that this is a wake-up call to us from God. We in America must become a prisoner of hope. You know, we have got to turn ourselves back to the hope of God. Without God, we have no hope whatsoever. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Luke, the 19th chapter, about Jesus coming to a place. And when Jesus came to a place, he, he did something. Look at Luke 19, 5 with me this morning and, and, and just see what Jesus, and this, this is fascinating. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. I think he's saying that to us, church. Listen, he's come to a place. We've come to a place in life that we need to realize we need God more than we've ever needed before. It's not the church building. You know, it's not what we're necessarily doing. It's, it's God. We've come to a place to realize. We've got to get this nation that it needs to come to a place to realize that Jesus is coming to their house today. And what he's saying to them is not probably or maybe. He's saying, I must come abide at your house today. I must, he said. That's a message that we've got to get out. Church, we've got to get back to God. It's not a Sunday service. It's not podcasting, streaming. It's not putting it on CDs and DVDs. It's not all of this. It's not gathering one day a week, two days a week, or three days a week. It's every day a week gathering ourselves together with the same potential, same power, same authority that we have each and every day this time. America, when God finds true surrender, is stunning what will happen. When, when we as individuals, when we as individuals truly repent of our ways, our ideas, and our thoughts, it's stunning what God can do. You know, it was stunning when Moses walked to the Red Sea and the army, the enemy was behind and the water was in front of them. And just on the other side of the Red Sea, they're going to find, as Travis said this morning, the honey, the land of honey. And you know what? It's stunning what God did. God parted the sea so they could go across. God's wanting to part some things in America, but we Americans have got to part with some things in our life in order for God to do that. Because God has the power to perform the miracles. God has the power to move the forces that are around us today. You know, He has the power to do that. Power to transfer wickedness of sin through by His gospel. Power to take sinners and convert them, young and old whatsoever, to the knowledge of the truth and transform their life. They have renewed minds. They have a new thought. The Holy Spirit conviction will come and it will cause change to fall off our people. Our people that are homeless. People that are homeless because of choice. 
and, and because of the power of Jesus Christ, by the power of Almighty God, gang members will change. I think about Nicky Cruz and the effect that he had because he used to be a gang member. The effect that he had on the streets of New York, what he, what he did. The power that God has for prostitutes. There's not just prostitutes in the Bible. There are prostitutes today. But who is it that changed those prostitutes? It was God. Who wanted to stone the prostitutes? Well, people. People wanted to stone them. Jesus wanted to save them. The power of the homosexuals. You know, we cover up. God wants to save them. God loves them. God loves a homosexual. We talk about them. We, re, we rebuke them, we deny them, we say terrible things about them. But you know, every time I read my Bible, sin is a sin. So as God is out there to change those that are liars, as God is out there to change those crooked investment people, doing crooked deals and crooked things and cheating people, he's out there for the homosexuals too. He's out there for those people. He's out there for the lesbians too. He's out there for all of them. It's, it, it's not that he hates them. He just, it says it's an abomination before the Lord. That's what the church has to rely to these people. In order for them to have the breath of life into them again, they got to change. Because what they're doing is they're denying God's right in their life. They're doing what they want to do. And what they're doing is no different than what everybody else wants to do. They want to do their own thing. So that's sin too. When we rebel against God and we go out, you know, we tell our lies and we tell our so-called little stories so we can accumulate all these things and have all. And when we forget about what the Bible says true religion is, which is the orphans and the poor, the those in prison, he said, you're going to have these people with you always. Don't forget these people because these people need the gospel too. It's not that God hates people. He loves people. If he didn't, he would have never seen his son to die for people. He hates sin. He hates Satan and he hates sin. The Holy Spirit conviction will cause change to fall off in people's life. Only the Holy Spirit will change a homosexual. Only the Holy Spirit will change a liar. Only the Holy Spirit will change a sinner, my friend. Because the Bible says, for we all are sinners and come short of the glory of God. God can only heal. God can only recreate when he finds someone who's willing to surrender. When we surrender to the Lord, then he will be able to heal. The church is filled with spirit-filled believers that are living unfaithful destinies. And what I mean by that, they are living a life unfulfilling the destiny that God has set before them. They're off doing their own thing. Church is filled with people that could do more for God, but because they want to do their own thing, then God is being ignored. And like this too. In America, it's just like some in the church. There are people in churches today, really, that need to be saved. They're not where they need to be with the Lord. They know about God, but they've never accepted Christ in their life to do what he wanted them to do. So really, and may I say ready or not, America, Jesus is coming. Church, if we're ready for him or not, Jesus is coming. It's time to get ready. So like Ezekiel, the Lord wants us to be overtaken by dual emotions. Ezekiel had dual emotions. And he wants the church, he wants us overpowered and overtaken by our dual emotion. He, in other words, he wants us to have unshakable expectation. Can these bones live? Only you know, Lord. Prophesy. So he prophesied. He didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know, we don't know what's going to happen. 
God's going to have a great move, but we don't know what's going to happen. People's going to get saved. More than that's going to happen. People's going to get healed. More than that's going to happen. God's going to be glorified. So he wants the church today to be in its unshakable expectation. But also, he wants us to have a reverent fear. Listen carefully. We could miss out. We could miss out. We could be caught up in all of these things that we're doing in church, and we can still miss out because we're not doing what God wants us to do. We're not really saved. We're not really committing ourselves. We've not really denied ourselves. That's what Jesus said. If you want to follow me, let a man deny himself. Take up that cross and follow me. When Jesus touched all 12 of those disciples, he asked all 12 of them to follow him. And all 12 of them followed him. And only one of them sold him out. So are we saying today that someone that he's called can't sell him out? Judas sold him out. Are we saying that somebody that he has called today can't deny him? Peter denied him. Are we saying today that somebody that he's called into church can't forsake him? All of them, but save one John, forsook him. Every one of them. But I want you to know all of them came back to Jesus. Why? After they had gotten in one accord, gotten into the presence of God on the day of Pentecost. When America gets in the presence of God in one accord, you're going to say, well, preacher, that's not going to never happen. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. These left wingists that we have over here with their slanderous thoughts and ideas and their selfishness and self-concern and caring about nobody else, you know, God's going to take care of them. But if, if we that are his will bring ourselves together, God is going to bless America. Not everybody in the time of the flood was saved. Not everybody in Solomon and Gomorrah was saved. And not everybody in America will be saved. God will deal with those as he did at previous times. But you know what? The ones that we can reach, those will be saved. So the Holy Spirit conviction will come, and these things will happen in people's lives, and America will make herself ready. Like Ezekiel, we need to be overtaken. We need to be overtaken by them. God did this. Look what God has done. Then we'll have something to preach. Then we'll have something to teach. Then we'll have something to witness about. You know, I was teaching on the man the other night that Jesus had healed. And after Jesus healed him, you know where you found that man? Everywhere Jesus was, that man was found. Are you and I everywhere Jesus is now to be found? Truth comes from our church's uh, platforms. From the platforms in the body of Christ, the truth must come forth. There's not a lot of truth coming. You know, I've, I've listened to some of these ministers on some of these so-called talk shows. And you know the wisest ministers that I've heard when they've been asked questions about sin, about homosexuality. And so, you know what the wisest question, you know what that wisest answer is? It's not my answer. It's not your answer. It's the same thing that Ezekiel said. Only you know, Lord. So they say, let's go to the Word of God and let's see what God says. Church, that's what we've got to tell America. Let's go back to the Word of God. And let's see what God says about all this. See, because truth comes from the platform. It's not my philosophy, my theology, my way of life, my desires, and my thoughts. But, you know, truth comes from platforms in the church that, that have a broken, loving spirit, a repentant spirit. You know, 
I hate to say this, but let me say it like this. God forgive me. It's not happening in, in big screens, tight jeans, and fog machines. Those are good. And again, I won't take anything away from technology because I thank God for technology that he has blessed us with here at White Oak. But we don't focus on the technology. We focus on how God has blessed us to go forth with what he has given us. In our giftings, in our talents, in our abilities, you know, I was thinking this morning as Travis was talking about honey. You know, Travis is, is an excellent drummer. I mean, that's his calling. You know, that's why he's a drummer. He loves to drum, you know. But if you notice, he plays our bass. You know why he plays our bass? Because we needed another bass player. So what did he do? He gave up what he loves and desires to do and learn how to play the bass so he could play bass. See, that's what I'm talking about. We in the church have got to teach America. we got to quit. we just got to give up some things that we've been doing for God and begin to do because it's not about blessing us. It's about blessing not just the body of Christ but America with what she needs. I'm trying to wind down. Just give me a few more minutes. Listen to what he says. We've got to get back. Where, where we were at one time in America. Many women of prayer, we need, we, we, you know, we need them. More so than ever. People are beginning to pray now that's not never prayed before. People are beginning to intercess today like they've never intercessed before. You see, God is the plan. It's not what I've got. This is what I plan for the church. That, it's not, that's not in the program. God is the plan. It's not what we plan to do on stage with the music. It's what God plans to do on stage with the music. It's not, this is what I plan to preach. It's not what I plan to preach. It's what God plans to preach. It's not about what I plan to do on the job today. It's about what God planned for me. He plans my day out, me not even knowing how that day is going to begin or end. He plans my day out so everything will work together with him. So what's saying is we're being led by the Holy Spirit. I'd like to do this, but this is what God wants me to do, so this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. It, it's not that we aren't good at what we do. We're just not doing, listen, what we're supposed to be doing. You know, we may be doing well at what we're doing, but it may not be what God wants us to do. And I can assure you if you'll do what God wants you to do, the sky, it's unlimited what you can do. You can reach all the way up to heaven. Nothing in America's culture can stop God. We can have these less wingers, and, and we got them. And I'll say it on, uh, in the airwaves today, and I want you to know, it blesses my heart when we have a man in leadership, and not one man, but several people, that will surround themselves with Christians, with godly people, and permit them to lay hands on them and pray for them. That blesses my heart. That really, that's biblical, church. That's biblical to lay hands on them and pray for them that the anointing of God that's in them will flow into their lives, that when they're making decisions for America, when they're making decisions, it's not for them themselves, their families themselves, but it's for America. It's for our nation. And then we got this other group that's over there just blattering their mouth out, saying, well, I'll do this if you'll do that. I'm not going to do this unless you do that. Cutting everybody down, blaspheming, cutting everybody away. I mean, the truth's the truth. The Bible said, tell the truth, and you'll know it. You'll know it. Well, 
in the midst of a widespread anger in America, and there is. If you watch the news one minute at night, there is widespread anger in America. Listen, it's not just on certain leaders and individuals. It's on the church. If we don't stand up, pull our britches up, church. If we don't stand up and poke out our chest to this world and proclaim the truth, America is sinking. There is hostility toward the church and its teaching. There are people that want to know today, how many people in church? You know what I tell them? How many people you got in church? How many? I want a list of all the people you have in church. I wonder, come to church. Come to church if you want to know all of that. You come to church and have an opportunity to get saved while you're at church. In the midst of all of this anger that's directed toward the church and it's teaching on Christ, none of this can be prevented, but it's going to bring an awakening to America. Because we're going to be just like Peter was when he was thrown in jail for teaching and preaching the gospel and told him that if he didn't shut up, he said, but I can't. I can't shut up. Church, we can't shut up. It's now or never. This is the time. Listen, America's Medical Association stated 40 million American people use at least two psychiatric drugs a day. 40 million, 40 million, 50% of Americans today are experiencing loneliness. You know, I've never been lonely with God, have you? Because he said, I never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And you know what? All you got to do is watch our social media just a minute a night, and it'll make you feel, it'll, it'll make you feel so, like you're a loser. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. I've read the book from the beginning to the end several times. I love the chapters. I love the story. And I know how the story ends. And it's good for those that know Jesus Christ. The first time, listen to me, church. Listen to me if you hear me by airwaves. The first time since 1963, the first time, life expectancy in America has declined twice. I wonder why. I wonder why we're not living as long as we should be living. It's declined twice since 1963. I wonder why. i got to come to a close. Satan's on the road, and he's taking a toll in America. He's doing it. He wants to feel hell. He wants to fill it up, and he knows his time is limited. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Church, be sober, be vigilant. The devil's walking all around you, walking through you, walking amongst you. Cast him out in the name of Jesus. Luke 12, 54, 55. Jesus is telling us here that we need some correction in our life. Jesus is telling us here we need to repent in our life. He's telling us here that we have committed crimes against the Holy Spirit and that we need to return to God and we need to get back where we need to be. The, the American church is in representation of some dry bones. America is in representation of some dry bones. We need to have breath of life breathed back into them. But we can't until we repent. 
Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3.10, Are you a teacher at all of Israel, and do you not know these things? Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus, are you a teacher? Are you a ruler in all of Israel? Are you a religious man, and you don't know that ye must be born again? Here you are telling me that how can I be born again, enter my mother's womb a second time? No. That which is spiritual is spiritual. We've seen enough of the flesh in America we need to begin to see the Spirit of God. Are you the teacher in Israel that you need to be? Are you the teacher in America that you need to be? Are you the teacher in any continent that you're on? My last scripture to you is John 16, 13 through 15. In John 16, he's talking to us about his will and us taking everything to Jesus. His will. Now, I want, I want to read this to you this morning in the 16th chapter. Because this, this is very important, church. This is very important for you and I to know today that there are some dead bones in America. And they need to be brought back to life again. And in John 16, 13, this is what Jesus, Jesus is telling us this morning. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, is come... He will guide you in all truths. For he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. Ezekiel, can these bones live? Only you know, Lord. God, can that person be saved today? Can that person be saved? Only you know that, God. Remember, God added to the church such as should be saved. It's not people. But look what he says in 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father that are mine, therefore saith I, he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit will take everything. Holy Spirit. It's his job to lead you. It's his job to train you. It's his job to empower you. It's his job to equip you. Anything outside the Holy Spirit, we've got to abandon it. If it's not Spirit-led, we need to abandon it. We know nothing outside the Holy Spirit, church. We know nothing outside the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you in all things. So outside, we don't. So we need, church, to start listening to the Holy Spirit God is going to tell us to prophesy to the dry bones in America. He's going to tell us that speak life into these bones. Say that God says, flesh come on you, sinew come on you. God says you're ready for breath. America's not ready for breath yet. Her, the bones hasn't come together yet. We got a church. It's up to us to bring these bones together. Only God can do this. We can't do this only God. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we love you and we appreciate you and we thank you, Father, for your love, your mercy, and your grace. I know, Lord, that this was not a very comfortable message, but I know that this was a timely message because I know, Lord, that we're living in the latter days. We're living in a now or never time. We're living in a society that's abandoned God, taking prayer out of school, taking the word of God off in our courthouses. That's aborted children that's claiming, Lord, to be something that they are not. 
We're living in a country today that needs to fall on its knees and get back to God. I don't care how great it is, how wonderful it is. Look at our pandemic right now. Look at what we're going through right now. We need to repent. And we need to repent at the house of God first. We need to repent in the church houses. We need to come back to God. We need to forsake our ways and our lives. We are the servants of the Most High. We need to start denying ourselves. We need to take that cross that He gave us, take our giftings and talents that He gave us, and use it. Take the technology that God has blessed us with and use it for the building of the kingdom of God. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive our nation, Father. And help us, Lord, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Forgive sinners, Lord, of their sins. Holy Spirit, convict them. That's You were sent to convict sinners of sin. So convict them today, Lord, through the Word of God, that they may know the truth and be saved. In Jesus' name I ask you. Amen. Forget not the day of prayer, Thursday. Forget it not. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us this week. We believe his words will establish that confidence within you and direct you for his predestined purpose for your life. See you next week, and don't forget to download our app so you can stay connected with us.